The following is a Poppy Chulo Radio original program. The views and opinions expressed in the commentaries and or interviews in the following program are solely those of the individuals and are not views of Poppy Chulo Radio, its parent, affiliate, or subsidiary companies. To Reality, a pop culture, current affairs, and LGBT news-oriented panel discussion series that's dedicated to you. Here are your hosts, Dominion Onyx, Carl Anthony, John Sebastian, and Legionnaire. Good evening and welcome to Reality, exclusively on Poppy Chulo Radio. Today is Wednesday, October 26th. 2016 and it's time for another heaping helping of pop culture on demand from your favorite radio station and mine poppychuloradio.com all right oh right. you know what i i feel like we should just get into it because we have a lot to talk about yes so first up on the round table you know this is this is uh pretty sad do we remember uh khalif browder Yes. Yes. Uh, for those of you who don't remember, he uh, killed himself after spending three years on Rikers Island. Um, he had hanged himself with an air conditioning cord in his Brock's home. He was just 16 in May of 2010 when he was jailed after a teen accused him of robbing him of his backpack. His family couldn't make his $3,000 bail. So Browder spent three years in Rikers, enduring beatings by guards and 400 days total in solitary confinement before the charges against him were dropped. Well, just um, a few days ago, his mother uh, died um, of what is being described. Well, she died of a heart attack, but she's being described by her family as dying of a broken heart. So... um, At least she she died surrounded by five of her six surviving children. She was 63 years old when she died on, uh, died at St. Barnabas Hospital in the Bronx, said her attorney. Mm. So, you know, we still have a lot of work to do in this country. I actually just saw um, an article that the federal government has uh there was an appeal uh based on a case in san francisco where uh the federal government has now said it is unconstitutional to hold uh poor defendants in jail merely because they can't afford uh bail this was Mm -hmm. something just uh came out today clearly it comes too late for uh Mr. Browder and Ms. Browder, but uh, you know, hopefully we'll see some something positive that comes out of out of this. They said that um, the Justice Department said in the fr- in a friend of the court brief in the case of Maurice Walker of Calhoun, Georgia, that uh, this bail practice that incarcerates individual indigent individuals before trial solely because their of their inability to pay uh, violates the 14th Amendment. 
Yes, it does. Uh, which mm. is a guarantee of equal equal protection <laughs> under the law. Mm. You know, and um, it it what it does is it, it like with Mr. Browder, he served four, he served three years in jail because he could not because his family could not come up with bail. And the charges were dropped, so he so he spent three years in jail, and he was innocent. That is unconscionable. Mm-hmm. And what's even more unconscionable is while I, you know, I understand that these stories need to be told, but Jay Z is talking about making a six part documentary on Mr. Browder's life. Um, you know. Why could you know before he died and his mother died? Uh, why couldn't he have used his celebrity to help make a change while that young man was still alive? I just, well, I, you know, I just think that this jumping on the bandwagon wagon after you know all is said and done is just ridiculous. Well, um, I mean, I, I get your point, but I mean, there's unfortunately there's a lot of people in Mr. Browder's situation and before this came up I would guess that Jay-Z wasn't even aware who of who this guy was so it wasn't like you know the Browder family came to Jay-Z and asked for help and he did nothing and then now that he's dead you know he's trying to make a book off of it um, well and I and I get that but it's just you know, so there's an article about that that was in um, the New York Daily News um, and a couple weeks ago. And Jay-Z says the following. It's our job to use our mediums, to, to use our voice to get these stories out so we can have a discussion about it and move forward and fix things. And right. I get that. Um, but this is not... It just <laughs> pisses me off that this child and he was a child spent three years in jail he was 16 when he was arrested he spent the better part of 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 almost a quarter of his life in jail well a fifth of his life in jail for something he did not do and he was so haunted by it that he killed himself i it's just it makes my soul weep mm. It is. It it's just so weak. Yeah, oh. I mean, all all that time wasted in his life, and you know, at the end of the day, he was he was not guilty of of what he was charged with, and you know, there has been nothing. There's nothing in place that can compensate this poor young man and his family for for what he's lost. And. He was held for three years without a trial. Right. That's, the, you know, so mm-hmm. the whole thing of, you know, right to a speedy trial uh, got thrown out the window. So it's, oh, this this case on so many levels just burns my, it just burns my ass and, it, ugh, and not in a good way. Is there a good way to get your ass burnt? Absolutely. I was gonna say you the leather experts, y'all tell me. Well, okay, well, okay. I was thinking of something else. My, my. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of someone who needs their ass burnt, 
on lovebscott.com. Uh, Jared Fogel's ex-wife sues Subway. She claims the company knew Jared was a pedophile long before he was arrested. So, uh, you know, B. Scott often just reblogs what other people say, which is fine. So, Kaplan McLaughlin, his ex-wife, says in new, doc, new legal documents that back in 2004, a senior executive Subway released a complaint, received a complaint that Fogel had approached a young girl at a Vegas promotional event and solicited a, solicited a sex act. The lawsuit claims the company received at least two other complaints over the year. As for why Kathleen is suing, she says Subway made a decision in 2015 to market Jared as a family man using her and her two children's likenesses in an animated commercial, knowing that there was a cloud of them. <laughs> Kathleen, Kathleen claimed the ad, which aired 2,309 times, caused her and, her, and the kids great Damage. She also say that had Subway reported Jared back in 2004, she never would have tied the knot in 2010. So, you know, normally I ask you guys what you think, but I'm going to lead this off with girl, bye. <laughs> you know what? Uh-uh, uh-uh. Something is wrong with this case. Correct me if I'm wrong, but Jared has been in jail since before 2015. Uh, I believe so. So, uh, I don't why? think I feel like it was just last year. Okay, let me. Okay, so now I gotta now I gotta do some research to the cloud, to the cloud, to the cloud, to the cloud, to the cloud. Uh, so even with that though, okay, was it 2015? Okay, because I'm trying to see when this, okay, tw okay, 2015, August of 2015. All right, I might give her a little bit of, I don't. No, 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 no. I ain't saying, no, no, I ain't saying she should get anything. responsibility to uh, vet your potential spouses. Right. I'm, I mean, I, I'm betting that they felt like whatever the charge was at the time had no merit because, trust me, if Subway had had firm proof that Jared Fogle was a pedophile, they would have not had his fat, skinny ass on TV hawking <laughs> uh, six cent subway clubs. Trust and believe that. So, oh, of course not. I mean, I just feel like that case has no merit because he was like, had Subway told her that back in 2000, well, girl, that's you. I mean, every, in that case, every woman could be like, could sue. People were like, girl, you knew he was insane and you didn't tell me? Well, no. That's <laughs> right. not her fault. And then and then let's just be clear. The the commercial in um in question was a cartoon. So right. their actual likenesses were never used. So like I know what Jared looks like, but to this day, I have no idea what she looks like or what her children looks like. And I'm certain that if she's going by Kathleen McLaughlin, that she has changed her children's name legally. So until you brought this up, no one was even aware of this commercial because it clearly, it only aired 2,300 times. And how many times can you turn on Subway a day and see a commercial? So clearly that commercial aired next to no times. Right. This is just a, a, a way to get a check because whatever so but she doesn't what? need a check she doesn't need a check because he paid her seven mil 
Oh, okay. Well, there you go. Mm, well, all right. Well, there's that. Would it go sit down somewhere? <laughs> Get somewhere and sit down in Jesus' name. Ugh. So yeah, um, I'm with you on that. She don't, she don't deserve shit. Mm-mm. Mm-mm, not a damn thing. Legionnaire, but what do you think? I think she needs to have a seat. Several? Several. A Subway franchise worth? <laughs> well, there aren't a whole lot of seats in Subway franchises, but yes, we get your point. Yes. I mean, it's yeah, just several. It's like, girl, bye. Right. It's like, really, honey? No. Hmm. No. No. Because well, like she what she was saying was she was the lover and the secretary. That's all mm. right. Now, if she had said, if she had been some unrelated person and had put her children, now, this, this is just like Kathleen McLaughlin and her two children were scripted to star. In this ad with you know Jared Fogle, single person, and but no, no, no. Oh, I'm sorry. Hold on. Wait before you go any further. By the way, Mm -hmm. those are Jared's children in that commercial. What? Those are his children. No, she married him in 2010. She did not have children when she married him. I get that, but what I'm saying is that the only way I could possibly see a case is if she was not at all related to him and she and her kids had just been hired and then you're like, you're endangering the welfare of the children by having this guy with this pedophile. But no, this is your own damn children. So mm. I don't know what oh. to tell you. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, well, fuck her. No, you know what that's hard. That is harsh. That is harsh. To the extent no. that, you know, I'm sure, you know, it's rough. It's rough to wake up one day and find out that the man that you love or whatever the nature of their relationship is come to find out that he's a pedophile. So, I mean, that is rough. But does she deserve money? Not a thin dime. And honest schmoes like me can't get shit. Right. Oh, I know. Just wrong. I tell you, do deserve some compensation, and who deserves some, uh, some much, maybe not money, but you know, definitely some answers is the family of Lonnie Hampton, and this story was reported on uh, Jezebel.com. So about seven months ago, Lonnie Hamilton died by (coughs) suicide in solitary confinement at an upstate New York prison. So uh, at 11 a.m. on March 18th, Hamilton was alive and being held in solitary confinement at Marcy Correctional Facility in Oneida County, New York. 22 minutes later, he was dead. According to the medical examiner's report, a copy of which was obtained by Jezebel, Hamilton hanged himself from an overhead metal vent in the ceiling using a torn bedsheet. When corrections officers found his body, an ambulance was called. Hamilton was taken to St. Elizabeth Medical Center and pronounced dead as at approximately 12.36 p.m. The Onondaga 
Onondaga County Medical Examiner's Office examined his body the next morning and said that there was no evidence of foul play or suspicion. Ten days after he died on March 28th, Hamilton was buried in a plain wooden box in the Marcy Correctional Facility Cemetery. His body was not embalmed. Hamilton's family did not learn of his death until May 6th. And even then, it was by accident after weeks of trying to reach him. They looked him up in the New York State Direct Department of Corrections and Communities online database of inmates, hoping to find out how to send him a letter. There he was listed as deceased. And you can imagine what happens there, what happens from there, you know. You're trying to get in contact with your, uh, with your loved one, and you don't hear from him from days and days and weeks and months. And then when you finally do, you find out that he is dead. And then now there is almost no hope of uh, getting any sort of examination because they didn't embalm the body. So I don't mean to be morbid, but it, the body is essentially decomposed at this point. Yeah, it's <sighs> insane. But this gets worse. An anonymous former fellow inmate um, who was in solitary confinement with Hamilton at the time uh, told NY1 last week that corrections officers had harassed Hamilton, stripping him down, spraying him with a fire extinguisher, and mocking his pleas for help. The police was like, save your breath. Ain't you about to kill yourself? They kept telling him, like, ain't you going to kill yourself? And they, they like talking about his sisters and family and stuff like that, according to the former inmate. Hmm. But the jail failed again. Um, you know, it says that when a prisoner dies, when an inmate dies, uh, the chaplain of the prison or the supervising offender rehabilitation coordinator must, quote, notify next of kin or other pre-designated individual of the inmate's death. If a working telephone number can't be found, the facility is required to send two certified letters to at least two next of kin or pre-designated individuals. If that proves unsuccessful, it is, quote, recommended, end quote, that the facility reach out to local law enforcement officials for help. Um, Mr. Hamilton's father lives in the Bronx um, at the same address where the young man was arrested on robbery charges. His mother lives in Georgia. And according to uh, the filings in the 11 days between the time Lonnie died and he was buried. So let's stop there. His body sat in a cold storage for 11 days unembalmed. Um, only two attempts were made by the, fa the facility chaplain to notify the family of Lonnie's death by calling a non-working cell phone twice. No letters were sent to either his mother or father and no attempts were made to contact local police in the Bronx or Georgia. Also, the body was not embalmed and as such, the body continues to decay without the decedent's family being provided an opportunity to say goodbye according to the court case. This is ridiculous. I just don't know what to say. Uh, uh, right. It's... <laughs> mm. <laughs> you know, it's, it's just... It's insane. It, it's insane. You, you just, you know... You don't. Ex there are two things you don't expect. You don't expect your child to be 
You, you don't expect your child to be in jail and then dead and you not find out about it for two months after they died. Yeah. You know, uh, I, the news is getting worse and worse by the day. Mm-hmm. I need happy mm-hmm. news. <laughs> well, before we get to some happy news, let's... Uh, Let's remind the listeners that you can download tonight's episode via iTunes. Just search for reality and describe and describe. Subscribe. (laughs) (laughs) You can also download the entire reality library via poppychuloradio.com slash archives. You can like us on reality on Facebook by going to facebook.com forward slash reality and follow us on Twitter at PCR reality. You can also follow Poppy Chulo Radio on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr, and YouTube. Just search for Poppy Chulo Radio. You can help support Reality and Poppy Chulo Radio financially by going to GoFundMe.com slash Poppy Chulo Radio. And if you're interested in joining the Poppy Chulo Radio team as an on-air personality or blog contributor, you can email us at talent at PoppyChuloRadio.com. So are we ready for some hot topics? We Hard are topics. ready. Hard topics. Well, Legionnaire, you are first up with uh, this petition to include Clarence Thomas in the new museum. Yes, in an article on theroot.com, there's the uh, there is a petition that has been started to include Clarence Thomas in the National African American Museum. The author believing that Thomas was dissed because of his political views. This month marks the 25th anniversary of Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas's arrival on the nation's highest court. But the only mention of him at the recently opened National Museum of African American History and Culture in Washington, D.C. has is in reference to Anita Hill's testimony against him regarding sexual harassment during his confirmation hearings. To rectify this, the conservative-leaning Stand United recently launched a petition calling for Thomas to be included in the museum. It's uh, in a somewhat scathing rebuke to the museum director, Lonnie Bunch III. The petition page says that Thomas has been punished because of his political views. It reads, in part, it is obvious politics is what kept Justice Thomas out of the museum. For years, he's had been shunned by the liberal black community since he has spoken out against affirmative action. He has written that affirmative action amounts to racial discrimination and detailed how it works, worked against him when he was trying to find work as a lawyer. Curators at the museum singled out Thomas due to his unique views on race and his conservative thought that the federal government is the greatest threat to our individual liberties. The museum highlights people of less noble endeavors, and it is unfathomable to think the curators were not open-minded enough to include all historically significant African Americans, no matter their political beliefs. It is time to call on the museum's director, Lonnie Bunch III, to include include American leaders and conservative thinkers such as Justice Clarence Thomas. Yeah. Justice Thomas has a uniquely American story in all its complexity. He grew up in the segregated South and is now the second most powerful African-American man in government. Angela Morabito, senior campaign manager of Stand United, told CNSN News, CNSNews.com. Petition signers think he deserves credit for his extraordinary contributions to American government and constitutional scholarship. 
Uh, before it opened, the museum received some pushback for its Bill Cosby display. Cosby, a pioneer in television, has since been accused of rape by dozens of women. When the museum opened, the claims of sexual assault were included in his exhibit. Hmm. 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 Uh huh. Well, <laughs> all right, so there's two parts to this, and I'm going to deal with the uh, the um, petty part first. Fuck you. You are, you know, the y'all, <laughs> you, you know, you fought and fought and fought and fought and fought. Well, why do we need an African-American history museum? And then now you want to tell people who they can and can't put in the museum. Fuck you. But on the other hand, on the other hand, Clarence Thomas is only the second black person to ever be on the Supreme Court. Is he on black? the third hand, it's a lot of shit in that museum. So there's a lot of people who didn't make the cut. On the first go. I mean, that, that's that museum has six. It seems like you're like that. Wow, they got all the African American history in their three stories. No, it's four underground levels. Cause I went to the museum uh, a couple of weeks ago, and the thing is huge. You cannot legitimately view everything. You can't even literally walk the entire space. You know, that doesn't even talk about reading all of the, the displays and stuff, but you can't even literally walk the, the space and put your foot in front of every display in the uh, seven hours that the museum is open because it's, what, 10 to 5.30. So, yeah, so that's seven and a half hours that the museum is open seven days a week. So, you, I mean, that's just a lot. So, you know, right now, maybe you get Clarence Thomas later. And fuck you. You don't really give a shit about Clarence Thomas. You don't really give a shit about uh, black history. This is just another soapbox that you want to get on. And no, Clarence Thomas ain't been down for the struggle. So fuck him. Everybody that's black ain't black. Mm. Well, That's my opinion. That does not necessarily reflect the views of PapiChuloRadio.com, <laughs> its affiliates, or sponsors. So, <laughs> Clarence Thomas, so, okay, so this whole, he is the second African-American man to hold a Supreme Court seat. Well, to hear him tell it, he ain't really African-American. Uh, let's start there. You know, and... Um, should he be in there? Okay, maybe, maybe. But he, you know, if 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 he's going to be in there, I think that you know his constant struggle and constant fight to make sure that now that he see, I'm so see. Okay, this shit is so like crazy that I can't even my brain won't function. Um. He's he is the 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 typical 
he is the quintessential I got mine fuck you if you can't get yours and I'm gonna make sure you don't get yours so that you can't be where I am no you know that, that is oh just ugh. it's making my teeth itch it is making my teeth itch so now you know should they include him oh what the hell but if they include him they ought to they ought to rip him a new one in the process <laughs> how's that well uh, okay yeah mm. well if he's <sighs> meant, if he if he's mentioned in reference to Anita Hale's testimony against against him regarding sexual harassment during his confirmation hearings, then he is included. How about that? That's how I see it. It's just not the way y'all want it. Exactly. He has been he has been included. That is his contribution to African American history that he brought on himself. You, how can you put a man who has said who has benefited from? affirmative action but then when he is in a position to okay let's say you 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 think it's not a perfect system so instead of saying here's how we can make it fair more fair uh in the light of where we are now as a country as opposed to where we uh, were 30 years ago you say no that this museum is about people coming from a history of slavery when you go through that museum you see how they you know these are things that you know but you know it's one of those things like when you don't think about it every damn day and then when you're confronted about it you're like oh i better not see a white person right now because you look at so they have a whole wall that just lists the names of slave ships and how many people they started with when they left the shores of West Africa and how many they ended up with. And, you know, some of them, you know, you you, you just have this idea that, you know, people died in, uh, in transit, but you don't really, you know, put your mind on it, you know, and, but when you do put your mind on it for a minute, I'm, if if you you give me a moment, because I took a picture of it, of the wall of this wall, this one slave ship called uh, the Nicholas sailed from the uh, from West Africa on March second, seventeen fifty six. It's left at West Africa with two hundred and seventy one people on board. Of that, only ninety one made it. There was another uh, ship. Of French origin, the Agile Aguila Negra, I don't, I'm I'm probably screwing that up, left from West Africa on July 16, 1702, with 500 people, and of that, only 107 people made it to the final destination. And then when we got here, and then even when we were supposed to be free, we endured another century of the most horrible violence that in some ways was even worse than slavery. And then you get a man on the Supreme Court who doesn't see that and doesn't seem to have anything to do with or any empathy with the plight of other black people. Hell, I've never been profiled. I've never been pulled over 
because of any feeling that, you know, they pulled me over because I was black. I've never been beaten by the police, but I sure as hell recognize that that shit happens to other people and I have sympathy and empathy for them. Mm. So fuck him. Right in the cooter. In the cooter. Uh, yeah. I think that pretty much that that's a good way to put it. Mm-hmm. Hard and dry. Oh. Just nasty. Mm-hmm. Uh, well. Fuck him. <laughs> fuck him. There's something else while we're on the topic of uh, one of the uh, exhibits that's there. Because this museum is brilliant. Because you are forced. I mean, you can go up and it's all about pop culture and blah, 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 and whatever. But if you go down, you have to go down to the lowest levels that starts in 14... 1400 and you work your way up through slavery and stuff and it's very moving the most telling um example of how moving it was was the number of children who were completely freaked out Mm. not because there's like pictures of slaves or anything but just the Mm -hmm. mood in the place because like i was with this girl and she was like no we have to go and we have to go now and i had this i had to talk i had to give her you know the old Stephanie. That's my mother's name. The old Stephanie through the gritted teeth. Like you gonna sit here and we gonna sit here. You gonna shut the hell up and you gonna enjoy it. If I made myself clear, but so it's a really moving thing. So part of it, they talk about Benjamin Banneker and Thomas Jefferson. And for those of you who don't know, Benjamin Banneker is the man who designed uh, Washington D.C. Not Lafont. Mm. No. Even though they give LaFont credit because they can't have this Negro who made a clock. Now, let's just be clear. Watch. Let me be clear. Benjamin Banneker independently built a watch. Now, didn't nobody say to him, this is how a watch works or whatever. He took a watch, figured that shit out, and built his own watch. And then he designed the city of Washington, D.C., but they gave the credit to uh, Benjamin Banneker. So Benjamin Banneker one day had this uh, conversation with uh, Thomas Jefferson. This was right after he had written the Declaration of Independence. So he wrote to him asking him to correct his, quote, narrow prejudices against Africans because... uh, Benjamin, you know, you know, Thomas Jefferson didn't think that the slave, that the black man was fully human, so that's why he was able to say all the shit that he said. And Jefferson answered by complimenting Banneker on his intellect, a quality Jefferson did not associate with African heritage. And Banneker published their correspondence in one of his almanacs. So that was one of that was one of those first historic examples of you speak so well. Mm. Mm-hmm. You know, girl, so fuck Thomas, uh, uh, Clarence Thomas. You know what? If you want to be in the, uh, in the um, museum, do something worthy of it. And what Bill Cosby did, his personal failings notwithstanding, is deserving of being in the museum. But say mm-hmm. what you want about Bill Cosby and his personal life, and I can't believe I'm fucking defending Bill Cosby here. But 
Bill Cosby gave lots of money to historically black colleges. Bill Cosby may have been a horrible person to other women, but he certainly knew he was black. He certainly, uh, you know, gave to the cause. And his his uh, thing in the museum is about the legacy of him as one of the first African-Americans on TV who fought for black people and presented a positive black image on the screen. So fuck you, Clarence Thomas. All right. A and man. I'm sorry for taking up so much time, but I felt strongly on this story. Really? Hey, I understand. You had thoughts. And if you, listeners, I will tell you, whatever you do, you need to, if, regardless of whether you are black or white or not, because we all live in this country and we are all dealing with the legacy of uh, slavery and oppression. Um, You owe it to yourself to go and visit this museum. Because when they talk about how, you know, uh, black people built this country, let me get you together on something. In the year, and, and uh, John Sebastian, I'm going to need you to translate this uh, into current dollars. Okay. In the year 1861, $250 million was the value of the cotton produced by enslaved African Americans in 1861. Oh, Jesus. Oh, my God. $250 million in 1861. Shh. was the value assigned to enslaved Africans in 19, excuse me, in 1860. 29, I'm sorry, I'm just going to throw out numbers. You just start with that first number, that 250 million. Oh my God. How much is that in today's dollars? (sighs) 6 billion, 756 million, 756,000. $756.76. So when we say that Hmm. this country was built on the labor of our ancestors, that is not some hyperbole. That is not anecdotal. That is true fact based on the labor of our ancestors and the product that we produced. Six billion dollars. So we really are the six billion dollar man. You know, people used it in 1859. $25,700,000 was the amount of bank credit issued from mortgaging enslaved Africans in Louisiana in 1859. How much money was that? $25 million. Twenty-five million seven hundred thousand dollars. That's how much someone—not just one someone—but that is the total amount of mortgage credit that was issued using African Americans as collateral. Mm. That dollar today: seven hundred thirty-four million two hundred eighty-five thousand seven hundred fourteen dollars and twenty-nine cents. So people built their wealth. And you know how, like, when you buy a house 
and you say, this is the source of my wealth, you like, I bought this house for $250,000, and now this house is worth $475,000, people used to do that with other people. Hmm. So fuck you, Clarence Thomas. I know this ain't all about Clarence Thomas, but... No, fuck. this is about Clarence Thomas. Right. <laughs> Good lord. All right. So, you know what? Let's uh let's move on <laughs> to some gays. All right. So, first of all, let's start with the gays that we don't really care about. So, what day was this? This was on October 17th. Uh Huffington Post interviewed Shepard Smith about whether um Roger Ailes had forced him to remain in the closet. And he says, that's not true. He was nice as he could be. I loved him like a father. He says, no, he never treated me with anything but respect. And blah, 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 yada, yada, yada. So basically, I love what Huffington Post sort of slightly, like low-key was like, so, it was like, so you're gay, right? <laughs> and did Roger Ailes make you feel bad about being gay? And he was, and, and uh, Shepard Smith was like, I see what you're trying to do there, girl. And I'm going to let it slide. And no, he didn't make me feel bad about it. So, you know, like, okay, no, good for him. <laughs> Uh, uh, saw how he tried. You know, I saw he, 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 he slid that in there. Right. <laughs> oh, that was funny. <laughs> <laughs> so the other story. Um, a couple of weeks ago, um, Cory Booker, someone uh, he posted um, a tweet on um, ha- on on um, National Coming Out Day. So mm-hmm. some moron. Named Gary the Numbers Guy responded to Booker's tweet with the question: Is Corey is at Cory Booker a closet homosexual? And has proof has as proof, Gary cited no wife, no girlfriend, very, very pro-LGBT. And uh Gay Star News does note that uh he's 47 and has never been married. And uh, he says that in 2013, Booker had a unique response to the sexuality issue in an interview with the Washington Post when he said, quote, people who think I'm gay, some part of me thinks it's wonderful, but I want to challenge people on their homophobia. I love Twitter, love seeing on Twitter when someone says I'm gay and I say, so what does it matter if I am? So be it. I hope you're not voting for me because you are making a presumption that I'm straight. And then his actual response was, whatever my sexual orientation, no, I love you. I hope you are okay with that. Maybe we can both elevate more than denigrate. That was so classy. It was very classy. But you know, that's what he said. <laughs> this is what he meant. <laughs> Motherfucker, I will beat your ass. <laughs> but I'm going to be uh, nice because I'm a U.S. senator. Mm. I, want him be, I want him to be gay because he's pretty. And smart. And smart. Yeah. Yeah. But so I looked at Gary the numbers guy, uh, his profile on Twitter. 
He's a Trump supporter. That's all I got to say. Shock. Well. Shock and awe, no less. Shock and awe. Oh, but Corey Booker is pretty. I I do. So I ha- I have two thoughts about this. One, yes, that's all well and good and great and wonderful that he's like, it's not important. But you know what, though? The girls only say that when, you know, you know, and this is the negative Nancy. So, you know, negative Nancy alert, negative Nancy alert. <laughs> the girls only say that when they aren't straight. Yeah. No, uh, but no straight person is ever, and he could be the one. He could be the one who's like, "Yeah, I'm I'm straight," but it doesn't really matter. But most people, when they play this game of "Does it really matter?" It's not important. It really matters because they're gay. Mm. But that's you know what? The negative Nancy in me. And see, that's see. Here's the thing. Who Cory Booker sleeps with is who Cory Booker sleeps with. Okay. As long see my thing as long as he ain't saying gay is bad, I don't give a damn who he's sleeping with. That's on him. Right. And it really at the end of the day, none of our damn business. Now, if you want to sleep with me, I got to get get it cleared first. But um, <laughs> I'm just saying, I, I think I might get a pass on that. But. Uh, um, <laughs> You know, as long as if he wanted to sleep with me and then, you know, if he was let's let's just say for the sake of argument and, and just, you know, just in case this ever comes true, he slept with me and then decided to bash to gay bash me afterwards. Then it would be an issue. But, you know, honestly, who could bash you before? Right. Mm, right. Right. Uh, but no, I just. I think that we spend far too much time worrying about who is fucking who. True. It ain't my damn business because he ain't fucking me. I ain't getting nothing out of it. I am not getting any political favors. Uh, I ain't getting no money. I can't even get a job. So, you know, God bless him. I hope, you know, whatever he does, he does. Mm-hmm. I just think that we, I, I really hope that we can get to a point where people's, who people sleep with is is not important and not our business. Unless, of course, they're like Sean Hayes, who comes out of the closet, then goes back into the closet, and then comes back out of the closet. You know, that's something different. Mm, but well. that's just me. <sighs> he ain't sleeping with me. That's all I know. Engineer, what do you think? You know, I just, I think at the end of the day, it's, uh, you know, I have two schools of thought. One, it's nobody's business. But he is, and he will share that when he chooses or talk about that when he chooses. Um, But I did find it interesting that he says specifically that he hasn't found the right life partner yet. Life partner, exactly. Mm -hmm. But, you know, but even even in that, to me, that's code for mind your fucking business. Right. (laughs) You know. Don't don't worry about what I do when I'm not in the public eye. Right. Unless it involves, of course, children and embezzled money. Well, yes. Uh, but <laughs> other than that, hey my I don't care. <laughs> Get your freak on, Corey. Right. Not not my monkeys, not my circus. <laughs> not my monkeys. Not my circus. Oh. Well, all right. 
So now it's time for our favorite subject for at least the next 13 days. Politics, Don <laughs> Sebastian. Oh, okay, I know you never thought you'd ever hear me say this. Mm-hmm. I am so sick of this election. <laughs> I mean, I'm beyond sick of it. Mm. Uh, it is making my ass itch. Okay, so um, last week we did not take because of the debate and Let's we gonna cut out about seventy five percent of the debate chatter by saying Hillary Clinton set him up for him to whoop his own ass. Mm-hmm. He I ain't never seen nobody beat their own ass until last week. And not only did he beat his own ass, he beat his own ass with the switch that he went and picked out. Uh, she baited him, and and like his last, you know, like the two previous uh, performances, he was good for the first thirty minutes. And it was like a switch was flipped on and, you know, Senior Trump kind of went stupid. And at the end, when he called, he called Hillary Clinton a nasty woman. I believe that's when he sealed his fate. What do y'all think about that? Well, his fate was sealed long, uh, long before that. But yeah, that was... Yeah, yeah, mm. <laughs> yeah. It's just, yeah. I just I look and 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 just watch him implode, and and I'm glad to see it. And but then I I get so amused by the delusions of the party that that will immediately spout how. You know how he's triumphed. It's like okay, yeah, he was, he was probably a little less caustic, but what is that really saying? He didn't burn down the whole village. He just burned down all the important buildings. Right. <laughs> so okay. So next up, Representative Daryl Issa is the next victim of. President Obama's senior spring uh, event. So we are now at the process where (laughs) the president has said, I don't give one single solitary fuck anymore. And he is now just letting all of his frustration come out. And Representative Daryl Issa, um, who was the chairman of the House, I want to say it was the House Oversight Committee, um, who literally has just been an obstructionist since before day one uh, of the president's coming into office, is now sending out a campaign mailer praising the president, talking about how they um, work together. So according to the uh, Jezebel.com, uh, last week, Representative Isis sent out a mailer that included, according to the Los Angeles Times, a nice photo of Obama at his desk and a quote from Representative Issa saying he was very pleased that the president had signed the domestic, the, sorry, the Survivors' Bill of Rights into law. Um, at a fundraiser uh, recently, uh, <laughs> the president uh, praised. Representative Issa's opponent, retired Marine Colonel Doug Applegate, and called Representative Issa shameless. 
and say by saying the following. <laughs> now I'm not going to belabor the point, but just let me point out that as far as I can tell, Doug Issa's primary contribution to the United States Congress has been to obstruct and to waste taxpayer dollar on trumped up investigations that have led nowhere. And now this is a guy who, because the poll numbers are bad, and sent out brochures with my picture on them, touting his cooperation on issues with me. Now that is the definition of Hutzman. <laughs> Here's a guy who called my administration perhaps the most corrupt in history. Like the fact that we actually have not had a single major scandal in my administration. That, when Trump was suggesting that I wasn't even born here, said, well, I don't know. Was not sure. We can just pull up the quotes. I'm not going to go on. But it kind of went from there. Mm. Um, <laughs> the funniest part was what he said about the Christmas card. Right. Oh, now that is shame. To his credit, I will say he's been very pleasant to me at our Christmas parties. No, he is. I'm serious. I mean, he said hello. He's brought some of his family members. I'm always happy to take pictures of oh. family members. This is true. A number of Republican caucus members like Michelle Bachman, they'll show up and there's like good cheer and bipartisanship for one evening. Some of them say, I'm praying for you. And I don't question the sincerity that they are praying for me. Please change this man from the socialist Muslim that he is. No, I'm sure it's more sincere than that. But beyond these interpersonal conversations, this is not somebody who is serious about working on problems. I like how's my Obama voice? Yeah, it was very I good. It was pretty good. Okay. I liked it. Okay. I've been working on it. <laughs> I see. <laughs> and working very hard. Very well. I guess. I do, I do I do voice as well, I think. So uh, so what y'all think about that? You know, I and I think we are right at that space where, you know, the president has no more fudges to give. Not it's one. like, okay, it's like, all right, y'all gonna keep coming, so I'm gonna start letting you guys, you gals have it. <sighs> yes! Don't mean I love it. <laughs> like, <laughs> what you gonna do? Fire me? Right. Yeah. <laughs> no work, so there's no need in, in proposing no legislation, so. Right. <laughs> exactly. Ooh. All right. So. Oh. That was almost as good as Megan Kelly yesterday, but um, yeah. Oh, no. That was. And, and this. <laughs> all, wait. Okay. So we're going to take a quick pause on the sidebar. To say, I, okay, I know that the universe, we are living in a parallel universe where I can agree with Megyn Kelly. I'm going to start there. And the fact that she and Newt Gingrich got into it. <laughs> Newt Gingrich, of all people, talking about, you are obsessed oh. with sex. And she's like, no, I'm obsessed with what happens to women. <laughs> yes. You know? Oh, and then she closed the interview. Uh, she said, "I'm gonna let you take. I'm gonna let you take your anger issues. Yeah, and you go ahead and go work on that. You go work on them." I said, "Oh, girl, that you know you were wrong for that, but, but you, then, I love it." Paula Jones 
gets into the act oh. on Twitter. First of all, I thought she lived under a rock, but I'm, I'm gonna skip that part. And she, oh, she called Megyn Kelly a nasty heifer. Oh my god! Like we have got, you know. I, shameless hussy, maybe, but nasty heifer. I was like, oh, this is getting good. All right, so enough about that. Uh, but I know we're living in a parallel universe because stop clock is right twice a day. Megan Kelly was right. All right. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. Pause again. So this has nothing to That was shady. Mm. And also on the shade factor, and this is totally off off topic, but Todd Chrisley of Chrisley, whatever the name of the show is on USA, was on Wendy Williams. Oh yes, Todd Chrisley. Mm. Todd uh, Chrisley knows best, that, and he served uh, he that queen, and you know you can be a straight man and be a queen, uh, but <laughs> <Damn>. that queen. <laughs> Her Royal Highness, she said, and I am and I say this, and I and Ty, even though Todd Christie gets on my nerves, a stop clock is right twice a day. Todd, when Todd Christie told Wendy, "You shady sometimes too," right? And that was the real read because he, was, he wasn't just reading Nancy Grace; he, he came with too. You came for Wendy to say, "Girl, you know you're then, a shady too." <laughs> but when Wendy said, "I've made a career out of shade," I was like, "See, Mister mm, Wendell, you got points for that one." Right. I was like, okay. You ain't never right. true. So, so back to serious talk. Yes. Um, last week um, on November the seventeenth, <sighs> Senator John McCain said. <laughs> that oh, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Um, <laughs> the Republicans may block any of Clinton's of, of, of potential President Clinton's Supreme Court nominees. Now, this flies in the face of what the Republican Senate, the Republican-led Senate, has said since the death of Antonin Scalia. Uh, they've said that you know the next president should be able to fill the seat, not President Barack Obama, which goes completely against the Constitution that says the president has the right to, you know, submit justices and senators should give them a vote and, you know, up or down. We know that that has not happened. But now that the party's nominee, um, Donald Trump, seems headed for a loss in this election in two weeks, Senator John McCain appears to be changing his tune and maybe signaling that more unprecedented obstruction is on the horizon if Secretary Clinton wins the White House. According to Senator McCain on CNN, I promise you that we will be united against any Supreme Court nominee that Hillary Clinton, if she were president, would put up. I promise you. Um, Senator McCain said this during a Pennsylvania interview in which he threw support behind uh, current Senator Pat Toomey, who is struggling in the polls, and maybe the key to Republicans uh, retaining control of the Senate. Um, now, the senator did not specify whether the Senate unification against any Supreme Court nomination by a President Clinton means not holding confirmation hearings or taking a vote on them at all, as they have done with 
the current choice, Merrick Garland, who has already been the longest waiting nominee in history, or if it means voting them down no matter who the nominees are. He also didn't note whether other senators are in on this new strategy. Uh, but as recently as last week, Senator Mike Lee of Utah indicated that he might be ready to reject any name Clinton puts forward under a theory that Democratic nominees to the high court don't vote independently from party interests. As with many things in this campaign season, none of this may matter. Later that same day, Senator McCain, through a spokeswoman, reversed course on his earlier remarks about future Clinton nominees and noted he'd, quote, vote for or against that individual based on their qualifications, according to Talking Points Memo. Um, gosh. Now, here's the problem with that. The Senate actually can do that. Um, there is nothing in the Constitution that says that they are required to approve um, Supreme Court nominees. And earlier today, um, there was an article on HuffingtonPost.com um, that said that this could be the end of the Supreme Court as we know it. I'm pulling it up right now. Um, it was a very interesting article. Uh, they, so conservatives are laying the groundwork to literally uh, oppose and block any um, nominees that Secretary Clinton may come up. Uh, according to, like I said, HuffingtonPost.com, the question is, who needs a fu fully functioning Supreme Court after all? The Supreme Court is fully within its powers to let the, the Senate, I'm sorry, is fully within its powers to let the Supreme Court die out literally, according to Ilya Shapiro of the libertarian-based Cato Institute. As a matter of constitutional law, the Senate is fully within its powers to let the Supreme Court die out. Um, Shapiro, who said this, is well-versed in constitutional, constitutional issues, and his argument has a legal, if contorted, basis. Nothing in the Constitution explicitly stands in the way of senators who would be willing to destroy the nation's highest court, if not an entire branch of the federal government, to stop Clinton from selecting judges who share our views. Um, legal scholars across the ideological spectrum agree uh, that there's nothing wrong with this. But they've also concluded that Republicans' no hearings, no vote posture is unprecedented. And many people deplore the partisanship that has overwhelmed the judicial process over the last few decades. So... Justice Sonia Sotomayor at an appearance in Minnesota, she said, it is much more difficult for us to do our job if we are not intended to be what we are, which is a court of nine. She added that four to four rulings can leave the law unsettled and justice across the country administered in an unequal way. In other words, when lower courts disagree on how to interpret a particular law or how to apply the constitution to new problems, which they do regularly, the justices are supposed to step in and resolve that disagreement. When an equally divided Supreme Court can't do that, the meaning of con congressional statutes and the Constitution may vary from state to state, which isn't just or fair. However, uh, Mr. Shapiro from the Cato Institute don't really care about that. Um, so when you get past the gotcha headlines, breathless reportage, and inauguration day, if Hillary Clinton is president, it will be completely de decent, honorable, and keeping with the Senate's constitutional duty to vote against essentially every judicial nominee she names, he concluded. 
Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. However, there is a silver lining in this dark cloud. None of this likely matters if the Democrats regain the Senate, which is not beyond the realm of the possible. The Constitution may give the president the power to nominate justices and the Senate to vote the power to vote them up or down. But in the end, it's the voters who choose. How about that? How about it? Thoughts, concerns? I feel like it's going to be a moot point. I'm with you on that. Yeah, I, I, I think that I really do think the Senate is going to flip back blue. I think it's going to be a moot point because even if it doesn't flip back blue, the Republicans are going to be so scared that they're going to be uh, they will have lost the political will because anytime they don't do anything, like, yeah, remember that time you voted for Trump? <laughs> <laughs> so that's going to get that's going to get Hillary Clinton through at least the first ninety, the first hundred days. <laughs> you voted for Trump, right? Remember that uh, endorsement? Remember how? Remember how you endorsed Donald Trump? <laughs> you, you endorsed a loser. Mm, yeah, you got a point. You got a point. So, finally. <laughs> Again, on HuffingtonPost.com. Donald Trump's clueless debate answers spawn uh, hashtag Trump book report tweets. Pinocchio, he's no puppet. No puppet. You're the puppet. <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> uh. It began like so many viral hashtags with a single tweet. In this case, St. Louis Alderman Antonio French fired off a tweet highlighted how unprepared Donald Trump sounded when discussing foreign policy during the last presidential debate with Secretary Clinton. Um, Antonio writes, Trump's foreign policy answers sound like a book report from a teenager who hasn't read the book. Oh, the greats. They had so much wrath. Oh, that crack, funny. that crack calls hashtag Trump book report to trend as Twitter's Twitter users wondered what would happen if the Republican presidential nominee, who has said he's too busy to read many books, was really a teen giving a book report about a book he hadn't read. <laughs> Some of the best. Catherine Q wrote, Juliet, such a nasty woman. She made Romeo kill himself. And believe me, he could have done better. Look at her. Hashtag Trump book report. <laughs> Melanated soul at real mother for you wrote Tom, Uncle Tom's cabin. Worst cabin in the inner city. Terrible schools. Nasty women and bad hombres everywhere. <laughs> at Antonio French. Hashtag Trump book report. Carl H. at age of Carl wrote there's a lord and he's got rings. Lots of rings. The best rings. And two of the best towers anyone has seen. Hashtag Trump book report. <laughs> Lauren Holmes at L. Holmes 12 wrote, Lady Macbeth, nasty woman, blood coming out of her wherever. Hashtag Trump book report. Uh, let's mm -hmm. see. Callie at Callie M. Bush wrote, those poor heights, they were weathering. Weathering so bad. 
Bigly Wuthering. I'll make them great again. Hashtag Trump book report. Oh, okay. And fight and oh my goodness here. <laughs> Cora Huggins at Ranger's Wife Bud wrote, Charlotte's Web. Fighter dies at the end. No stamina. What a loser. Hashtag. <laughs> 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 oh my god mm. okay uh let me see and okay here it is and finally my final one then at noble nobler zen wrote it was the best of times absolutely phenomenal it was the worst of times total disaster hashtag trump book report mm, mm, mm. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Little women. I love women, especially beautiful ones. Not nasty women. Hashtag Trump book report. This is... Oh my goodness. Okay, so uh, that was humorous. What... <laughs> what is there to say after that? I, I know. That's not a whole heck of a lot. Oh. I needed that. That was Now that was funny. Uh, Dominion. Those heights were so weathering. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was that was the funniest one. That purple, it's my favorite color. I love it so. <laughs> uh, well, we oh. can say we can we can say. Hashtag books that Trump has never read. Very right. easily. Clearly. Oh, mm. oh my God. Those heights. Those poor heights. <laughs> they were weathering. <laughs> weathering so bad. Bigly weathering. I'll make them great again. Okay, so that thus ends the comedy portion of our show. <laughs> <laughs> Not really. Uh-oh, what you got? It's time for a little hot tea. Hot tea, hot tea. It's time for the hot tea. We got to get into uh, Kendu Isaac's foolishness. He was her lover and her secretary. Mm-hmm. Working no, every no, no, day. no. No, excuse me. It's Secatora. <laughs> Secatora. <laughs> time, John Sebastian we all know that Mary J. Blige is getting a divorce from her husband but just give us the rundown on the list of monetary requests that uh, her soon to be ex-husband is seeking Kendu wants $130,000 a month and this uh-huh. is for what it is $1,000 for clothing $3,200 for a personal trainer $5,000 a month for child support. $5,000 a month for his parents. $7,000 in rent. $8,000 for a private chef. $21,677 for charity. And $71,000 for mortgages on several properties. And additional costs for legal fees. For a total of $129,319 a month. Mm. All of these requests are based on the findings that as Mary's former tour uh, tours turned business manager husband, he became accustomed to the lifestyle that he and the queen of hip-hop soul experienced through their 13-year marriage after saying I do 
at the, a ceremony at their New Jersey home in 2003. Hmm. Isn't that special? Hmm. Well, a couple of these, I'm off of the top. I'm like, they don't have any children, so I'll be damned. I will be damned <laughs> if I'm going to pay child support for some or children that ain't mine. even mine. Right. Them children already have a mother and a father. What kind of... But wait. And these are not children children. No. These are like 20-something year old. One's 20-something, one's like 19, and the youngest is like, I want to say 12 or 14 or something. Well, they've been married 13 years, so the child's got to be at least 14. So, uh, yeah. $5,000 a month to his parents? Shit. Right. Okay, so I, you know, I know how. So to I need I to take, to I need to take care of you, your children, not our children, your, your children. children, and your, your parents. Oh no! Oh no! no. You want seven thousand dollars for rent and seventy-one thousand dollars to move into one of their properties? <laughs> right. Or yeah, better yet, yeah. I'll pay you seven thousand dollars in rent, and we get rid of those properties. How about and that? I'm not paying you $21,000 a month just so you can give it away to other people in <laughs> charity. Shit. But see, okay, but see, something about this is not adding up to me. Okay, so you only need $1,000 a month for clothing? Mm. And you, you know, no, pimp. That's $71,000. No. Mm-mm. How about this? I give you $10,000 a month, you figure out what to do with it. Right. A hundred and twenty-nine thousand. A hundred and thirty. For a personal trainer, shit. <laughs> that's a hundred. That's a hundred plus dollars a day. <laughs> I'll buy you a LA Fitness <laughs> club. I, right. Take your ass. I spring for the multi-club plan. <laughs> How about that? Any LA Fitness in the world. <laughs> right. Right. Or better, that's gonna be about, like uh, I, eighty bucks a month. Right, or I will spend thirty two hundred dollars and equip you with a gym in the seven thousand dollars a month rental that you in. Mm. But I'm no eight uh, thirty two hundred dollars a month for a personal trainer. So you know I would break it down like this: thirty two hundred dollars for the personal trainer, he fucking him. Five thousand mm. dollars a month child support, mm, no. And who in the hell pays? Why am I paying your parents alimony? Right. Right. Mm-mm. No. No. $8,000 a month for a personal chef. Bitch, you better learn how to cook. How about right. I buy you I will buy you 2000 I'll buy you $2,000 worth of gift cards to restaurants. Mm. Figure it out. Mm-mm. Okay. I will give you a line of credit with the local carry out. <laughs> <There you go. laughs> you get all of the yeah. beef and broccoli with fried rice you want. And hot and sour soup. Mm. Right. Oh, that's all you can manage, baby. All you can manage. I will rent you. I will. You know, somebody said it like this. Mary should give him one hundred and thirty thousand dollars one time and say, "Make it happen, boo. Make it happen." Because I ain't. Mm-mm, hell no. I mm-mm. Mm-mm. no. 
I'm uh, all but, for if you are some, and this applies to women too. I'm all for if you are someone who was forced to stay home with the kids and you know raise these kids while your husband or your wife is out making the money and you don't have no marketable skills or whatever. But they were both very grown when they met. And they don't have any children together. So, yeah, you had a lot of money while you was married to someone rich, but y'all ain't married no more. Sorry right, about thank it. Thank you. Exactly. And she has, I believe, an airtight, airclad prenup. That's so. what she say. He say not so much, but that's what they all say until mm-hmm. someone tells them, girl, you're not getting out that prenup. <laughs> right. But no, 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 no. It's not getting out. I think I would love to see what it says. But, you know, her her earnings have not been what they were. So right. she might make out OK. Um, yeah, I just, you know, and and let me also say this. If he had been staying at home, taking care of the children that they had, that wouldn't be an issue. You know, I would say right. give him fifty grand a month because he did what he was supposed to do. Right. He was an employee. He mm. was her employee. He got fired when he got divorced. Um, but he was so, staying home taking care of his own children, which he would have had to do whether he was married to Mary J. Blige or not. Right. Exactly. Right. Um, so, so fuck him. well. Mary J. Blige, by the way, wants to make it absolutely clear that her prenup is solid as a rock, but begs to differ. According to TMZ, uh, the singer's lawyer filed docs asking the judge to give her prenup the stamp of approval. She's worried because the lawyer for Ken Do Isaac has made has made sounds it's not worth the paper it's written on, calling it immensely invalid, unenforceable, and unconscionable. They drew up the prenup on on December fifth, two thousand three, and got married two days later. Um, it's pretty simple. She says the prenup clearly lays out who gets what. If it's thrown out, it'll be an ugly mess. Stay tuned. Lord. That's it, messy boots. Mm-hmm. Yes. All right. So for our last story uh, for the night. So Crystal Wright, writing for Mediaite.com, says name... SNL's reoccurring racist skit. What is Black Jeopardy? And she says everyone, and I mean everyone, is raving about how funny Saturday Night Live's Black Jeopardy sketch was. If you like blacks being mocked for every stereotype under the sun, I guess you'll find the six minutes a real how worth getting down with. So... For those of you that don't know, uh, Keenan Thompson plays the host, Darnell, and there are two black contestants played by Shamir Zameda and Leslie Jones, and Tom Hanks played Doug, a white guy with a Make America Great Again hat. And of course, you know, so it's sort of stereotypical categories, like what you're not going to do, or... um, whatever and uh at first so you know the show starts the the skit starts as you might expect and then they ask they start asking questions and and doug 
gets in uh, and says um, he talks about uh, he asks a question. He's like, what can a skinny girl do for me? And Doug says, what is nothing? And then <laughs> I feel like this woman completely <laughs> Missed the point. Missed the point. She she so missed the point of the sketch, which was that there is so much more that makes us alike. That these two black women and the black host had everything in common with this guy from how they view the government. It was like because they were like they say the new iPhone has this button that gets your fingerprint. And Doug says, "What is? Oh, I'm not doing that because that's how they get you." Right. <laughs> and two black girls are like, you know, that's right. You all right, Doug. <laughs> and everything is going fine until the end when the final Jeopardy question is um uh what lives matter. Right. Lives matter. <laughs> and and uh, the host is like, Well, it was good while it lasted. <laughs> right. <laughs> and so I feel like, you know, the comment uh the the Crystal Wright completely missed the point of the article. You know, I thought it was a good point. And listen, it goes back to the same thing when you're talking about Medea. You know, we all have this internalized thing. You know, we can't laugh at ourselves. You know, we can't parody ourselves before fear of being made a fool of. And I feel like she just is too caught up in her own internal whatever. This wasn't some white people. This this wasn't the white actors on the show making fun of the black people, which I have seen before, and I don't find amusing or funny at all. This was not that. This was the black people on the show, and the point of the sketch was that these things, you know, if we really took the time to get to know one another we are so much more alike than we are different. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm. People are dumb. Absolutely. I will agree with that. Just dumb for no reason. It's like, girl, get a sense of humor because you've missed the point. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, by the way, and I guess who's think- pregnant? See error. See error. Yes. And I'm just like, um, okay, so I guess uh Russell Wilson's not a virgin anymore. Nope. Right. Well, good like for a virgin. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, oh well. That's nice. Go Cubs. <laughs> hmm. You, yeah, I don't really follow hockey, so I don't know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yes. Oh, well, anyway, well, that was a good show. I'm sorry. You know, I have a cold today, so, you know, my uh, my filter is a little lower than normal, so Clarence Thomas caught the brunt of it. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, you know uh, what? Fuck him. <laughs> Two tears in a bucket, motherfucker. Nasty bastard. Oh, rat bastard. Anyway. Uh, Just terrible, terrible, I tell you, terrible. 
So, uh, anything special going on for Halloween, uh, John Sebastian? Actually, um, no. I I have to work that day and possibly that night. So, uh, the, I guess the most I will be doing is going to Costco, buying a big old bag of candy, and eating myself into a sugar sugar coma after I get off work. Ooh, that's classy. I love a good sugar shame spiral. Mm. <laughs> yes. Yes. What well, about you? Well, I wanted to ask Legionnaire, what are you doing for Halloween? Uh, I have the fortune of actually um, being in your neck of the woods this weekend. What? Yes. Yes, I will be venturing to the wilds of DC. Yes. Oh. I'm excited. Have you got your costume together? Um, I've got I've got options. Ah, okay. Mm-hmm. I'm going as a gay leather robot. Oh, okay. reality! <laughs> I love the pause whenever I say that. People are like, "Um, okay, <laughs> what does that look like?" <laughs> You'll see when I post the pictures. Oh, oh God. <laughs> oh. I'll just say that oh. there's there's lots of light. You'll be able to see me from a distance. Oh. From, from a, a distance. distance. <laughs> oh, we spent too much time. <laughs> way too much time. Uh, We've known each other way too long. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh, John Sebastian, not not to bring the mood down, but did you um you heard about uh, Herb Kent did passing, didn't you? I, that was, yeah, that was one of the, 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 so I had three deaths in one day and I loved mm. Herb Kent and yes. Herb was the second death that and I was just like, really God, you can't snatch, you can't allow, you can't take the hedge of protection from around Donald Trump and let mm. him have a heart attack, but you snatch Herb Kent, the cool gent, really? Yes, yes. And, oh. and, for, and for the listeners um, who may not know, because he was a local Chicago radio legend, um, he was a radio pioneer and legendary DJ who first went on the air in 1944 and was the first African-American to be inducted into the Museum of Broadcasting Radio's Hall of Fame. He uh, passed away recently, so uh, the the city of Chicago definitely suffered a great loss, and I've definitely had some wonderful memories of this man that went went back to my childhood when I was discovering uh, house music and punk rock music and embracing my oddness and, and all those fun things, because Herb was one of those men that loved all kinds of music and embraced it all, and it was it was just wonderful. It was wonderful. It's a good man. Him and, and his, him and his cowboy hat. Yes, him and his cowboy hat. Him and his cowboy Herb, hat. Herb Kent, the cool gent. The cool gent. Oh, oh yes. Mm-hmm. yes. Well, kids, that has been. It's been a good show. Yes, that's it. It has. It's always fun to hang with you, kids. Hmm. Well, kids, you can catch reality when it streams on Thursdays at 7 p.m. Eastern and 4 p.m. Pacific. And episodes available are available to download on Thursdays via poppychuloradio.com slash archives and iTunes. 
You can like like us on Facebook by going to facebook.com forward slash PCR reality and follow us on Twitter at PCR reality. You can also follow Poppy Chulo Radio on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr, and YouTube by searching for at Poppy Chulo Radio. You can also support Reality and Poppy Chulo Radio by going to GoFundMe.com slash Poppy Chulo Radio. Please email us via reality at poppychuloradio.com with any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns. And if you're interested in joining the Poppy Chulo Radio team as an on-air personality or blog contributor, you can email us at talent at poppychuloradio.com. So, John Sebastian, tell the kids how they can get in contact with you. On the Book of Faces, on the Book of Faces, you can find me at unofficial colon, John Sebastian, and on Twitter, you can find me at GSJ612. Legionnaire? All right, on Facebook, I am known as Legionnaire Onyx, and on the, excuse me, on Instagram and the Twitter, I can be found, my handle is at Legion Onyx. And for those faithful listeners of Poppy Chulo Radio, I can be found on such shows as The Rambling Dead and The Shield Files. Well, great. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Dom Onyx on Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash Dom Onyx and via my website, DomOnyx.com. And if you are going to be in Washington, D.C. this Saturday night, come through to D.C. Eagle and join us for The Freak Show. Mm-hmm. And the special shout out to the Men of Onyx uh, Club for Leather Men of Color. We are celebrating our 21st anniversary this year. Ooh, we're finally legal. We can get drunk now. Mm-hmm. Yay! Yay! Everyone say good night. Good night. Good night, everyone. Good night, Puddin' Pops, and we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to Reality. This is Ben Patrick Johnson saying good night and have a wonderful week.